and welcome to episode 16 of a Thai football podcast with me, a very croaky Dale Farrington. And me, clear Isabel Rob Bernard. Good to hear from you, Rob. How have you been? Fantastic. Yeah, great weekend, eh? It was. It was fabulous. And I'd just like to say at this point, I am really struggling. I don't have a voice and this is a result of Sunday night. I'm sure people can appreciate that. It was the first game I've been to for a while and it was absolutely fantastic and I I shouted myself hoarse and unfortunately it's not great when you're hosting a podcast. Oh, don't worry about that. It's all about the passion. I'll do plenty of talking for you. That's great, thanks. I know I could rely on you, Rob. So anyway, shall we crack on? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, well, as usual, we've been sent some great match reports. We've got one from Friday night, which is our old friend Reza, who was actually caught on camera recording his from the Ratbury game at Lampoon. Then we've got Clinton with his first match report. He was at Kassatsar against Chanterbury on Saturday. And finally, we've got Kevin, who was watching Mungtong play at Konken United. So here we go. Three match reports to start. Ties to the Match reports. Good evening from Lampoon. Match day seven of the Thai League. Lampoon FC 1, Rachaburi FC 1. It was frustrating match for me as a Rachaburi fans. We scored the first goal. We lead until late in the game, but Lampoon equalized. Rachaburi had a lot of chances. They should have scored four goals, five goals perhaps, but Lampoon playing with 10 players. That should not be an excuse for Rachaburi not to win this game. Penalty check is not given. I haven't seen the highlights, I don't know, but the end result 1-1 for Rachaburi and Lampoon. Another disappointing match. See you on the game. Next one. Cheers. Tied to podcast. Match reports. Two struggling Thai league teams in 14th and 15th, just above the relegation zone. A bog of a football pitch. Well, what more could one ask for on a Saturday night in Bangkok? Gus Etzard entertained fellow Thai league two strugglers, Chantaburi tonight at Gus Etzard University. And I was there on hand with three or 400 other hardy souls to see in the end a 1-1 draw. The pitch condition was, as I said, a bog, very much at least on one side of the pitch. Uh, the Spotlight or blowtorch has firmly been on Kasetsart this week with the removal of their coach, Coach Jun, and his statement of ex Sukhothai boss Tusak Sripum for his third stint at the club. The departed coach, according to social media reports, submitted letters of complaint to the FAT about the nature of his dismissal and compensation. After just managing to hang on and stay in T2 last season, it's clear that Kasetsart needs to get his act together or will be playing Thai League 3 football next season. So, winless in five, Kasetsart last lost five to Kanchanaburi, but enjoyed a 5-0 FA Cup win over local Bangkok side BP Friend United midweek. Chanchanaburi coming off a 5-3 loss to Chiang Mai United. So after a tumultuous week, the Kasset side players had to put it all behind them. Was there to be a new coach bounce? Well, with almost the last kick of the game, Kasset side equalised to make it 1-1. In fact, both of the uh, final goals came in the last 5-7 to seven minutes of play. Chanchanaburi with the opener Maranyon, the Filipino international uh, scoring in the 86th minute from a corner before that first half was quite even with Chantaburi having the better of the play the striker from Kasetsar quite isolated Christian Alex in the first half uh, and he missed a golden chance indeed on the 41st minute Kasetsar came out in the second half the better team Chantaburi looked like they had some issues setting their 
defence, but settled into the half and had quite a few good chances and then indeed took the lead late in the second half. Chantabruti also curiously playing a lot of long balls, maybe because of the state of the turf. Some eye-catching performances, uh, number seven for Kasitsart, very energetic performance, Mati, and number 17, Matsunaga for Chantabruti, also with a, a good shift. 150 tie baht for a ticket, Thai League 2 out here at Kasitsart University. The final score, 1-1. Hello Dale, this is Kevin from Kickoff Corner and this is my match report for Konken United FC versus Mueang Thong United. Yes, Mueang Thong goes away to Konken and they bring back three points. They are sixth in the table and things kind of look stable now. They might not be playing the fanciest style of football, the most entertaining style of football, but they're bringing in results. And if they're going to win games, this is just going to bring in more confidence in the players. For some reason, this coach has done a miracle on these players because last season when you saw these players playing for Mario, they barely created any chances. Maybe it was because Mario was too technical, but right now whatever it's happening, it's, it's, it's really good. In the first half, Mueang Thong United were the more dominant team. They basically had their foot on the gas from the get-go. And also, if you look, uh, Stefan Skefovic had a really, really good shot on target and a header, which was saved by the keeper of Konken, Chirawat. Look, there's a reason he has been called up to the national team. He's actually a really good keeper. I think he got a bright future ahead of him. He's an amazing shot stopper, and he was also really dominant around his own box. But... That strike from Poramet, no one in the world could have saved it. I used to say that Poramet was abysmal in his finishing when he played for Mario. You saw him missing a lot of sitters, but now he's he's in the form of his life, I think. He's scoring pretty much every game. But despite of that beautiful strike from Poramet, there was a player that we gotta talk about. He was the standout player in my opinion. And I'm talking about Picha Utra. He single-handedly dominated the midfield Obviously, you got to give some credit to Viratepe as well because he was linking up the play. But the amount of composure Picha had in that game. And during the first half, you could see that he was making a few important runs into the opponent's penalty box. And he also linked up really well with Stefan Sefovic. He is there to create chances. And for some reason, he still manages to get in the opponent's box. But when we talk about the second half, I don't know what happened because Mung Thong were just leading by 1-0. But it almost seemed like they were inviting Kon Gen towards their own goal. That would have been fine if, if they were leading like 2-0 or 3-1, you know. But the fact that they were leading by 1-0, it was a little bit risky for them to just invite Kon Gen to, towards their box. Because Brenner had a few sitters and he was really unlucky. I think he shot at the post like two times. If one of those would have gone in, we would not be talking about a Meng Thong win today because in the second half, Meng Thong basically stepped on the brakes and just invited all the pressure. They even got a penalty which was ruled off <laughs> by VAR luckily and at one point, it was it was really nervy for, you know, Meng Thong because it almost seemed like Kon Ken was going to get the goal. If those would have gone in, we, we would have like probably seen a 1-1 draw or a 2-1 defeat to Meng Thong. The team should go back and take some lessons from that game because that defense is still really, really weak. So I don't think so it's a good idea for them to invite the pressure, especially when you're just, just a goal up. Be at least two or three goals up. And yeah, that's fine when you go a little bit defensive. But it was a little bit risky, but they got away with it. Happy days for Meng Thong fans. Happy days for Meng Thong United. Really looking forward to the game uh, against Police Tarot. Meng Thong finally has kick-started their season and things are looking good.
Yeah, great stuff, gents. Lovely to have our first uh, in-depth T2 report from outside uh, reporters. Thanks a lot for that, Clinton. Great to have Reza along as ever. He is enthusiastic. I think Kevin's after a going coaching. Very in-depth. But yeah, nice to hear, happy listeners. Send us a men. We, we want some more for this week because there's only T3 football at the weekend. So if you go into a game, please feel free. Send us some stuff in. What I like best of all is how different they are. The different approaches people take to making these match reports. There's no right way, no wrong way. It's entirely down to the individual. 100% with that. And, and we want to cover as many teams as possible. We want to make it as interesting as we can for everybody. Talking of match reports, you were at a game on Sunday, Rob. I was, yeah. I bumped into a couple of people I might happen to know. Well, let's hear all about it. Ross Rolling Report. So, it's a bit of a mini Rob's Roving report this week. I've come uh, three hours up the road from Cesa Kate. My good lady has driven me. Met up with some friends for lunch. I'm outside a place called Chang Arena. I'm at Buriram United against Chambury in uh, Thai League One. Let's have a wander about and see what's what. <laughs> of you never been before there's lots to do around the thunder castle big shopping village mega store and i've come across two gentlemen uh, who are going to the game a home and away fan so what's your name sir uh my name's dale i'm a chambery fan your voice sounds familiar to me i know i'm not so sure and and you sir you're in the buriram corner i'm in buriram with all these guys behind you may notice as well yes yes what you say in my house Your name Jamie, I believe. It's good for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's great thing about Thai football is you do we come to games and home and away fans sit together. Come a long way from Chumbri? I say I've only come down from Conkent. Well, the north of Conkent, so it's about a three, nearly four-hour journey. So it's quite a trek. Good. Not quite as far as some of the others have made today. And how many away fans do you think will come today? I don't think there'll be that many. I would think if, if there's a hundred there, I'd be very surprised. That's great. And what kind of a crowd, Jamie, do you reckon tonight? According to scoreboard, we'll get 20,000 plus. How many are actually in the stadium? Yes, that sounds familiar. If the West Stand is full, that's 8,000, 9,000 straight away. And that's like they normally, because the camera's the other side, they will fill this side first, for sure. Yeah. Now, for those of you who think that I'm taking the Mick Daly, obviously my co-host is over here in Thailand. Great to welcome him along. Obviously, Chambury uh, dropped into the relegation zone with the results last night, Dale, not wanting to remind you that. In all seriousness, what do you expect from tonight's game? In all seriousness, I've got very low expectations. <laughs> I think we'll get hammered, to be honest. We were we were awful last week against Utah Tani. I think if we'd have scored, it might have been a different story, but we couldn't put the ball in the net. Then we gifted on two goals. The foreigners this season aren't anywhere near as good as what we've had in the last couple of years. We've got a lot of young lads in the squad and the two or three established type players, while they're pretty decent, aren't good enough to carry the team. Um, I think we'll struggle. I really do. I can't see anything other than a, a home win. And if, if we keep it to single figures, I'll be delighted. Blimey. <laughs> Jamie, score prediction, please. I don't Every time I predict the match, it goes the wrong way. I'm hoping that we will come away with some points from tonight. 
I would like enough points to not caught off the top of the table to be honest. Enough goals. Well, What's the that's, that's a very, very strong possibility. If we could not caught off the top, I would be incredibly happy. All I will put into the equation is this is my fifth visit to the Thunderdome. This must be some kind of a record. It takes some doing, considering how many games that Bury Ram actually win here. I've been here four times and they've lost every time so far. You've probably seen more away victories than I've seen home victories this year. We're looking for omens, lucky omens. The last time I was here, in fact, the only time I've been to this ground, as far as I can recall, was the 4-3, when we won 4-3 and people got a hat-trick. This would have been 2011, was that what was the first season here? 2011, 2012, yeah. Which was a, that was a tremendous night. And I made a very drunken phone call to Paul Hewitt, I'll mention him by name, who thankfully referred to me as being tired and emotional when he tweeted. <laughs> well, we'll see how tonight goes. Great to meet you both here in cheering for your own teams. Yeah, Jamie in his natural habitat. <laughs> <laughs> so those of you coming to a game here, the massive car park here at the Chang Arena, there's not a lot of public transport. You need a grab if you're coming from the station. Tickets here vary from 160 to 200 baht. Lots of seating available. As you can see when you watch the video, those of you do, and a reminder that we do do a video of the roving report on YouTube every week. It's a huge place. It holds 30,000 people, built on similar lines to the King Power Stadium at Leicester City. So here we are, the big crowd here at the Thunder Castle. Teams come out, Burry Ram and John Buddy. Burry Ram not so big in Japan this mid midweek. What are they going to be like this evening? Well, 1-0 Burry Ram and it has been coming. All pressure, third corner in succession, three header in the middle, 1-0, six minutes on the clock. Could be a long night for the visitors. Well, we're 15 minutes in and I tell you what, it could easily be more goals on the board. Great save uh, from the Chumbury keeper at the far end to keep a number header out. And then a strike from the number nine for Chumbury's just come back off the crossbar. Onto the keeper's head and wide for a corner. Well, the team's trot down the tunnel and they've served up a rail face in the first half. End-to-end -end action could have gone either way. Chombry playing the pass, the fans over in the far corner getting drenched and as the rain teams down will be happy enough. Teams are split by an early goal, three-header by Dambua from a corner. I think there's goals to come in the second half. 1-0 Bury Ram half-time. Tell you what, there's no wonder people don't like Bury Ram generally. The referee sent the star player off for Chombry for a second yellow. There was absolutely nothing in it. He's let some yellow cards go the other way. I cannot believe what I've just said. Shocking decision. Lost for words. <laughs> Against the whole odds, Chumbry have put the ball in the net and the linesman waited ages and ages as a slag. Fair enough, that's what he's meant to do. We are checking the goal for VAR.
It has indeed gone to VAR. The referee's gone to have a look at the screen. The goal is being checked. Yeah, there was some doubt whether it was a push, but it's 2-1 Murray Ram, 76 minutes. My lord, I don't believe what's going on here at San Arena. A fantastic equaliser. Number 11 turned his man, Joe Crossing and a slight deflection. And it's 2-2 with 10 minutes to go. A Chambria fought gamefully, but how Buriram aren't ahead is unbelievable. Some of the chances they've missed, some of the saves from the keeper. But I'll tell you what, as a neutral, this has been an incredible game of football. Two-two full-time! What an incredible game of football! Over 16,000 here to witness it. I can see a very happy man with an umbrella up in the away end. Yeah, well, it was an amazing game of football, as I say. Right up there with anything I've watched. Everything a neutral could want. End-to-end action, controversial decisions. The the slick, wet pitch helped towards it, which was in perfect condition, by the way. The the atmosphere was good. Everything was great around it. And I think I've even got a subplot to to ask about. I haven't heard any good umbrella stories of late, Dale. Have you got any for me? As you said in your little summary there... It was. It was a cracking game. Absolutely brilliant. It was pouring down. It started a good hour or so before kickoff. It was raining all through the game. And as an away fan, you're out on an open terrace there in the corner. And they weren't letting people take umbrellas in. But I made a point. I said, look, it's absolutely chucking it down. I'm not prepared to sit in the rain. You know, I'm, I'm going to take an umbrella. There was nothing to say that umbrellas weren't allowed in the ground. There was, You know, they had the usual sign outside with all the band items. So I managed to get yeah. it in onto the terrace. And then within about two minutes, I had two or three security guards come up to me saying, no, you can't have that. And from the off, they were quite rude. Um, so I thought, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold on here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give in. And then there was about six of them, and at one point they were trying to sort of manhandle me. And then a couple of minutes later, a young lady turned up who obviously was brought on because she was her English was pretty good, and she tried explaining. I said, Look, you know, there's nothing to say that I can't have this umbrella. It's pouring with rain, and they were all getting sucked through. I was, I was just unhappily sitting under my umbrella. I was sitting at the back, you know, deliberately sat at the back, so I wasn't obstructing anybody's view. And this this young lady they brought on kept insisting that it was against, I think she said at first it was against stadium rules, which I challenged. And then she said it was against league rules. And then I pointed out I'd actually had an umbrella at games in the past. You know, they were offering my money back and they were saying, you can leave and we'll give you your money back. I said, no, I'm going to stay and watch the game and I'm going to keep dry. They were trying to give me those wa- the cheap waterproof things, which I refused. You know, I don't particularly like them. They make me sweat. This whole thing rumbled on and then the next thing I knew I had a walkie-talkie in my hand and I was chatting to the stadium manager which was one of the most bizarre experiences I think I've ever had at a football ground I could barely hear him and I doubt he could hear me either because obviously there was a lot going on in the stadium and in the end they had one last go and the umbrella was broken they they actually snapped the handle off and I kind of jokingly said right you owe me for a new umbrella now they decided then that it was best to just 
retreat. They then came back at half time and offered me and my wife the opportunity to sit in with the home fans undercover. And I said, well, can we all come? And they said, no, just you two. And I said, well, I'd prefer to sit with the Chombury fans, thanks. I mean, I'm, I'm probably not coming out of this very well, but I, I, I did want to make a point, and I thought it was ridiculous that we weren't allowed umbrellas in that away end on that night, given the conditions. There was no way that we could obstruct anybody's view. There was hardly anybody there, and there was plenty of space. That was the final thing. They just left it. So the whole of the second half, I was I was left alone. Obviously, the the drama unfolded, and at the end, it was it was absolutely fantastic. The atmosphere in the away end was was up there, you know, considering there was only about a hundred of us. And then, as I was leaving, I could see all the guards that I'd been involved in this fracas with waiting outside the gate. And I thought, this is it. This is my comeuppance. You know, this is their chance now to get their own back. And out of the blue, they presented me with a brand new umbrella and apologised for breaking mine. It was just one of the most touching things that I've I've ever experienced. It was love and totally unexpected. And, you know, there were handshakes and whys and hugs and smiles. And they took a couple of photographs with me. It was a lovely way to end it because, it, like I said, it did get a little bit fractious. And I just thought, fair play to them, you know, and it, it, it kind of gave me a nice warm glow, that did, because it, was, it wasn't it was a very nice way to start the evening, and I missed the first 20 minutes of the game. But yeah, that was that was it, and I, I came away just thinking, what a lovely thing to do, but it, it was all so unnecessary as well, you know, it could have been avoided. But I don't know why they couldn't just let us take the umbrellas in. It, it was a family-orientated crowd. Everybody would have been sensible, just a lack of common sense, really. Rules are written down and not sure how to adapt to them. Exactly, that's it. Hi, my name is Fran and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. So moving on, we've got this week's listeners' questions. So I've got three lined up here. So the first one, actually, do you want to read the questions out, Rob? (laughs) Hang on, yeah, let me, here we go. What has happened to the Chombri FC shark mascot? I, I have no idea. He, he was a big part of the club for a long time. And then a few years ago, he just seemed to disappear. There was no word. I'd love to see him come back. I, I'd like the mascots. I've got to admit, I love that whole thing. I think it, it brings an element of fun to it. I, I might do a bit of investigating, John, see if I can find out. Maybe you have to wear it yourself if you go to Burriam next season. That's not a bad idea, Rob. Right, next one, my old mate down in Membry, Steve Walker. What are the best and worst games you've seen in Thailand? If I'm going to go for the international team, I'd have to say the Asian Games quarter-final against South Korea. It really was a fantastic occasion. Thailand were massive underdogs, even though they were hosting it. They had two players sent off, game went to extra time, and they won. The atmosphere that night was just, it was it was manic. It was a great, great night and a pleasure to have been there. As for club football, there's lots to choose from being a Chombri fan from the early years. And I think I'd probably have to pick the night we won the league. I mean, the game itself was very exciting. 3-2, it was the top two, so it was pretty much a title decider. Again, the atmosphere... You know, there were supposedly 10,000 in the ground that night, which for Thai football at the time was just astronomical. And we won. And it was a fantastic occasion and a, a game befitting the occasion as well. Good stuff. Any any low, low lights? There's plenty in that category. There's one that sticks out was a game against Tula in about 2009, 2010, I think. It was absolutely awful. I did write a match report at the time. And in that match report, I'd, I'd 
rude the fact that the book I'd been reading on the bus, I'd left on the bus. And if I'd have taken it into the ground, I would have read that rather than watched the football. It was that bad. Nil-nil draw, I think it was. Or it might have been 1-1. I can't remember, but it was, it was awful. It was a truly dreadful game. Well, not, not for me. Um, I saw North Bangkok Uni play three times last year involved in three nil-nils and all of them yeah I wish I'd have had a Sudoku puzzle with me my best games had big claims for the Port winner TOT or Chiang Rai United or Buriram last season in fact I have to say Sunday night was as good as I've seen for many years but if I have to pick one game out it was last season I went to Kasim Bundit and they played Bangkok FC and they were three nil down at half time and played off the park and in the second half Kasim Bundit came out and won 5-3 it was just an incredible game of football and, and amongst nice people at one of my favourite venues anyway Craig Henry when I first came to Thailand around 2009, the Premier League looked very different with the likes of PAA, TOT, Sriracha, Chula United, and my favourites at the time, Osset Spa, M150 Cerebrate. Are there many teams that are no longer playing? Which ones do you remember with affection? That's a great question. And obviously, I remember those days of the Thai League. And at the time, I kind of railed against the company sides and forces sides. But now, I didn't have quite a yearning for those days if I'm being honest there was a kind of I don't know an innocence about it you know there's a lot of those clubs that went under that I think you know they they actually brought quite a lot to the table and I do have very fond memories now looking back teams that I miss Sirachar, obviously, they used to live in the town and when Chombri didn't have a game or they were playing too far for me to travel, I'd go and watch Sirachar and it was always lovely, always a pleasant experience and handy as well, you know, I could be on for me tea. And another team I miss is Bang Pra. It was quite an amazing story. I mean, if any if anybody's been to Bang Pra, it's the tiniest place you could imagine. And they had a TPL team. They had a team playing at the top level in Thailand. The stadium, it didn't have any stands. It was a farmer's field and they held their own in the top flight which is a remarkable achievement absolutely incredible and the more I think about it the more I think how amazing it was and obviously they lost their place in the league when the club relocated to Patia which a lot of people overlook you know I, I hear read and hear a lot of things about Samutprakan City being the Milton Keynes Dons of Thailand you know they stole Patia's identity well just rewind a little bit and think how Patia United came into existence so I do I miss Bang Prata that was an amazing story and again I'd, I'd go and watch them if every opportunity I got because they were just 10 minutes down the road from me No, it's a bit before my time watching I must admit I just wonder if we do this show in 10 years if we lament the loss of port if they cash in on that real estate It's always a possibility I mean thankfully things seem to have stabilised now certainly at the top level it, it's not happening as often as it used to which is a good sign you know I think we'll, we'll see clubs surviving and putting their roots in communities which is what people have always said they need to do and that would be great to see great stuff right I believe that you've uh, done another interview Dale with a, an avid listener this week did yeah and this this is Toby who's a Port fan this was great I really enjoyed this I've never met Toby never spoken to him before we had our chat and oh lovely bloke really nice guy and it's a great interview I'm sure you're all going to enjoy it 
Welcome to the podcast, Toby. It's good to have you on. Thank you for having me. Uh, really happy to finally be here with you. And good timing as well, from your perspective. I actually didn't watch the game because I was actually on a flight. So, uh, you know, turning the phone on and seeing that we, we had one five one was a pretty good feeling. Bro, I watched the highlights last night. You know, you've got to be pleased with, with a performance like that. We didn't just go and get the three points. We've boosted the goal difference and uh, we're going to need this goal difference if we are going to have a title challenge this season. And and it, after seven games, you've got to say we're, we're currently in it, but of course, only a third of the season has gone. And my personal feeling is that Bangkok United and Buriram really are going to be, uh, It's it'll probably, I reckon, end up as a two-horse race, but I'd like us to be the third horse in that race. Uh, we've got Bangkok United early in November. That'll be the first big test this season when we play them. But if we just keep picking up these three points and if we keep, uh, you know, banging in these goals, defence is a bit haphazard. But then again, that's Thai football in general, isn't it really, Dale? So, uh, hopefully we can shore up at the back, be a bit more solid like Buriram or Bangkok United. And let's see how it goes. Port fans live in hope more than anything. So we've just got to keep hoping this team can turn it on when it really matters. Well, you've certainly got the momentum at the moment. As you've said, you're scoring goals for fun. And it, it doesn't really matter the quality of the opposition. You, you can only beat what's in front of you the old cliche but yeah scoring goals winning games breeds confidence and I think whatever happens barring some ridiculous results this weekend you will be top on Monday night for sure and 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 that's that's always good to go the opposition on uh, social media uh, you know it, it's been the history of Port these last few seasons when I first started supporting them they were a yo-yo club and Madam Pang lover or hater you know she's injected a lot of cash and she's stabilised us into a more competitive team. Uh, no one can disagree with that. I mean, you can argue what the parameters of being competitive, but we, you know, uh, our league placings, you know, last season we didn't look a, a good team and we still managed to come third. And that's credit to Choke and Surapong, really. No one thought that that, that duo would work. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, you're only as good as what's in front of you. If we're honest, the quality of the Thai league is, is very broad. Uh, as much as, you know, we enjoy the, the, the colour uh, of the league, the quality of the opposition sometimes just isn't good enough. Port's big blip was trapped uh, so far this season and really, you know, we should have won that game. But yeah, I, I 100% agree. Uh, it, it's all about what's in front of you. I watched that game and I thought you were very unlucky. Your three strikers are all reliable. If the goals did dry up from those three, would they come from anywhere else? Oh, good question. I mean, we we got Warachit, who, who I, I love to bits, and I think his uh, signing was really the kickstart of, of, of this, this new team. So Warachit can always uh, lend a few goals. But then, then you got to look to the wingers, which are Pakorn and Bodin. And, and Bodin, I think, on his day, is probably one of the most technically skillful players in the Thai league. But he's very enigmatic. You know, he, he, on an off day, he, he really just doesn't show up. So, you know, I, you can count on, on him for the odd goal. We've got Pakorn on the other side, who is another Marmite-style player. I mean, Pakorn's stats are very moneyball. You know, he's always... Uh, for free kicks, assists, uh, goals from midfield. He's always there or thereabouts every season. But, you know, he's never kicked on to be that 20 goal the white winger that we're, we're looking for. Uh, we also signed Chanakam from Police, who's had quite an interesting journey to the top. And he's come on and looked pretty good, actually. I, I, I wouldn't say as an all-round, but definitely going forward, he, he looks like he could lend a few goals. I mean, I mean for me, Del, the, the, the real catalyst, we've got to go back to the strikers here. And, and, and you know, I, I want to really just mention Tardelli. 
because his signing uh, has just completely galvanized the team. It was a very intelligent signing and Port aren't known for their intelligent signings. Definitely since I've, I, I've started following them. But he, he's really just brought something. He's, he's brought the best out of Hamilton Suarez. Uh, he can play uh, uh, around the whole forward line. And, and create chaos. And, uh, you know, Kirisak is too young and, and dare I say, it, a little bit too naive to play as a lone striker. So he, he, you know, just to have that third striker in the mix instead of relying on, on Hamilton, who is, you know, an old school, you know, Andy Carroll, number nine. Uh, you know, we, we've, we've got a nice set of players there and, and in the midfield, like you, you, you were asking. So, I expect a lot of goals to come this season, but then again, you've got to say, will 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 the defence hold up? We've got to see that in these big games coming up. As long as you score one more than the opposition, though, that's all it needs, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I, I I like your down to earth approach to how to win football games, and I, I agree with you a hundred percent. For me, Dale, what you need is, is options, you know, and you know, at the moment, you know, the teams we're playing against, just one or two, you know, good options on the pitch, good players on the pitch, and and the right tactics work, but when it comes to beating a team that that's going to be our competitors and yeah I agree with you you just got to score one more we're going to need more personnel and more ideas and and more ideas from the bench and, and the coaching staff and the substitutes in particular so that's my take on it but yeah 100% just just keep scoring goals and get one more than the opposition now you you mentioned Madame Pang earlier and you did say <laughs> lover or hater so which camp are you in? I, I veer at the moment more towards love I know a few people might be shocked but you know she she stabilized the club and and that that was the most important thing if we were a yo-yo club she could have she could have dropped us and we could go back to ownership by the port authority and we, we could uh we could be dissolved you know over time so you know pang has kept the club alive and i don't agree with all her decisions and and she tends to throw a, like a hand grenade in the middle of every season so i wouldn't be surprised if suddenly a manager a pit new manager appears she does care about the club and she does want the club Club to be successful like I do. The, 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 the problem, and I'm sure you've seen this over, over your time of following Thai football, is the, the owners are too proactive in the everyday running of, of clubs, but that's the nature of Thai football. That's the nature of Thai society. And, you know, it, it galls me when I see her picture on the match day poster and, and not uh, Choke or Surapong because, the, you know, they deserve to be it. They're the guys on the ground, you know, making it all happen. But, you know, this, this is Thai, Thai culture this is how Thai society works over time you know I'm starting to understand that you know as much as people don't like her you, you, you cannot disagree that she doesn't care about the club you've hit the nail on the head there with the Thai culture aspect of it it's something that it doesn't matter how long you're here or how much mm. you integrate or how much you understand there are certain aspects that's still great or you still find hard to fully appreciate and I think this is one of them I mean in terms of Pang because we are talking about Port as long as you winning games and as long as you're being successful and as long as the right things are happening on and off the field does it really matter if it's her face taking centre stage on the posters is is that really that big an issue <laughs> I mean you won 5-1 last night does it matter if her face is the first face you see the following morning no but it would matter if we were losing heavily and, and <laughs> you know the season the, yeah, the season the season was going backwards the, the thing is, is is she's put her head over the trenches by doing this but in European football 
football and stuff, the manager is the one who gets the blame all the time. But in Thai football, I would say the Franks at Port will give her the blame, but the Thais will, will be very careful how, who they give the blame to. I mean, when there's been managerial changes, very few times have people been against the manager, but no one will call Pang out, you know, because the Thais just don't do that. That's not in, in, in their culture. Thais aren't prepared for criticism, especially, especially influential Thais, because they've probably been all their life told that, that you know, they're great, they're super, they're, they're doing a wonderful job. You know, Thais are very cautious when it comes to who to blame. And, you know, I, I feel sometimes that, you know, when you're having a beer afterwards outside the stadium, the Thais will, will they'll, they'll know who to blame, but they won't say it. Also, it's respect, you know. You know, Thai culture is very much based on respect. And, and you know, they don't want to show that disrespect to her for all the effort that she's done in the first place, you know. So th that's why there's a, there's caution in, in their responses, even though they are super angry and they know it's, it, it, you know, she's meddling. That's a very good point and something that's, you know, we do need to take into account. And to take that one step further, last game of the season, you need to win 2-0 to win the title. And you romp home, 6-7-0 victory, and she goes up to collect the trophy. Surely you, you can't have any arguments with that. Ooh, if she wants to do that, fine. She, she, Dale, she would do that. You know, she'll be, she, she'll be John Terry wearing full kit, <laughs> going up and, and, and lifting the trophy. Uh, and, and, and you know what? Let her do it. The whole place would be going bananas, especially if we won the league at Pat Stadium. It would be epic. Let, let, her, let her pick up the trophy. Let her go nuts, Dale. Uh, she, she's earned it. That's fair enough. Although I think we are getting slightly ahead of ourselves here, but not, not to worry. It's all hypothetical. I, I, I like dreaming. Yeah, it's, well, it's, 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 it's just a dream. Be, yeah. Absolutely. It's what being a football fan's all about, isn't it, really? If we, exactly. if we can't yeah. dream and, you know, have hopes and desires, then there's not much point. Anyway, I think we'll, we'll leave Pang there. Now, you've mentioned you've mentioned Pat Stadium, which obviously, you know, is, is one of the great grounds in Thai football. You know, most people yeah. I speak to, I would say there's a very large percentage say it's one of the their favourite grounds to visit, whether it's a, a, an opposition player or an opposition fan. What what do you yeah. think it is that makes it so special? That That's a great question, actually, because the first time I went to, to watch a Port game, you know, I was very much attracted to the energy inside the ground. It, it you know, it, it only took about 45 minutes and I was like, this is, this is my team. It's intimidating. It doesn't have a running track and it has four stands. I'm sure you've travelled uh, up and down the country to watch football and you know that some of these stadiums are municipal stadiums, school stadiums, you know, university stadiums, and they're very functional, where, whereas Pat is designed to be a football stadium. And, and it's very ramshackled. It's being updated bit by bit, sometimes successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully. Uh, but, but but what makes it so good are the fans. You know, it's in one of the poorest areas of downtown Bangkok. But when I started saying I'm going, I, I'm, I'm starting to follow Port FC, a lot of people would put me off going there and say, oh, you know, the people there, you know, you can't trust them. They're bad people. And basically they were like, this, these were middle-class Thais saying, oh, they're poor. Don't go there. But, you know, I, I've made some amazing friendships with, with Thai people there. And and it, like I said, it's it's energy from, from the people that, that kind of transmits in the stadium. I sound like a hippie uh, <laughs> with this answer, but uh, it's, it's a place where 
opposition teams don't look forward to going. I mean, if you're the goalkeeper in zone D and we're standing behind you, you're going to get it for 45 minutes non-stop and not just from us, but from the Thai fans as well. It's it's very unique. I mean, there are other great stadiums in Thailand, but we're very well supported. And and I think that's why the stadium is is well known. It's not just the stadium, it's the people populating the stadium as well. On, I think, the first podcast, we had Dominic Cartwright, Mm. who's a Port fan. And I've spoken to one or two others. And there now seems to be a large chunk of the foreign fan base that come to those games are tourists. But yeah, you were talking about being intimidating and, you know, getting on top of opposition players and making it a hostile environment. Has has this diluted that in any way, shape or form, do you think? Or has it added to it? Oh, Somebody did liken it to the Kosan Road. I can, I can see the parallels there. I wouldn't say it, it, it's, it's exactly like Kosan Road. I, I think it's a good thing that, that tourists are coming. You know, it's the only option in downtown Bangkok you know so we are the only city-based team is it being diluted arguably yes but at the same time, I'm seeing a lot of new flag fans, not just tourists coming, but I'm seeing lots of groups of people who are regularly coming. Definitely people that I bring to the odd game come back for a second, a third game, some even more. We stand just behind the Hellgate Ultras in Zone B. And I know that during the football games, they have flag uh, members of the Ultras now. So some of these foreigners coming are connecting. As for tourists, let them come. A full stadium is better than a half-empty stadium it, it makes sense to have them coming and you know if, if you type port fc into youtube you get a lot of travel vlogs now with people making videos about their trip to clong toy their trip to pat stadium I, they're the ones doing the marketing and promotion because the club is, is is terrible at promoting it to foreign tourists or, or even foreigners based in in bangkok is it diluting like i say arguably yes but but i i welcome anyone into the stadium would it wouldn't you at chombury absolutely i i totally agree i think think it's a good thing the more people you can attract to Thai football the better if your current form continues and you do become genuine title contenders this is something you're going to have to put up with for the rest of the season which again then leads me to the the ground itself that's prime real estate would you like to see the I think I probably know your answer here but would you like to see the club move away from there into a purpose-built stadium built on similar lines that will hold more fans and that way you wouldn't necessarily lose the essence of what you have now. No, not at all. And and I think you and me both know they would never be able to reproduce that stadium. Just not not feasible. And and I just don't think it, it, it would be a possibility at all. As you said in your question, it's prime real estate. And yeah, there has been a lot of, of, of rumors. I know that, you know, they keep talking about the the, the market and, and the local slums being demolished or uh, shopping malls and, and condo apartments and things like that. Why move it? Un- unless there was a stadium already there, or you know, I, I wouldn't trust anyone if they said, "Here's our plan. Why, why, why move when we have something? We, we've got something organically positive uh, already." Would you like to see the existing stadium extended? Then how would you do that? We can't really build. Sometimes you just got to leave it down. It's good as it is. There's nothing much more you can do. And I can't see them wanting to demolish it and go through all the bureaucracy and construction. Let's just hope we never get the situation where real fans can't get tickets for the big games. Well, we do have ticket issues. I mean, what, what you've got to understand is that Pang has bought ownership of the club 
from the Port Authority. So there is this grey area with merchandise, uh, the ticketing sales as well. We've only recently got like e-ticketing, but we have you have to do it through their line account and through a Google form. Uh, you, you can't, like uh, other teams, get it on Thai Ticket Major. We are really behind in, in things like that. So, you know, you've got to bear in mind that, you know, Pang, Pang doesn't control everything. So just before we go, there's one, one last thing I would like to ask you, and you did mention it earlier on in the interview was about the mm. port social media account run by foreigners they have a bit of a <laughs> reputation for being quite feisty do you think that's fair a word i hate to use but it's just a bit of banter isn't it dale i you know the the wonderful gentleman in control of of said social media account enjoys saber rattling so uh long may it continue football is about agreeing and disagreeing it's like what we're doing now dale having a conversation that's why social media exists unfortunately it's given everyone a voice but not everyone is well informed or correct but but here we are uh, living li- living in the information age so uh, let it continue and if people get upset so be it life goes on I think we'll end it there mate That's that's been fantastic really enjoyed this chat so thank you yeah. so much for coming on but listen thank you so much and also uh, like re- really impressed with how the podcast is going you're doing a, a great job and it's great that we have something that everyone can connect with oh that's lovely thank you appreciate that right okay. thanks so much Toby anyway enjoy the rest of your weekend and you too mate bye okay all the best bye yeah that's fantastic stuff yeah what a like you say a good guy sounds like the sort of bloke i'd like to captain my cricket team i know what you mean now thanks ever so much toby now then um, a regular feature that we've been running have you ever met a footballer in unusual places have you got any for us dale i have i've got three more this week now we've had a lot of these sent in and it's been great i've, I've really enjoyed reading them and obviously the man who, who started it all, Marco, has sent me hundreds. So we're going to include one of his every week because there's that many. So I'll do three today. Um, so we've got yeah. some, the first one is from someone who wants to remain anonymous. And when you hear the story, you might realise why. So the first one, this is from Anonymous. I remember one night a few seasons ago in Ubon Ratchitani, Bangkok United had just beaten Ubon 3-0 and they weren't flying home until the next day. We were in a bar having a few drinks and some of the players and Mano came in. I actively remember questioning Mano on a certain player that kept letting us down and why he kept faith with him. I was drunk, Mano was not, and he played it very well. The next one from Kevin Watkin. In late 2011, I popped into the port shop on my lunch break and bumped into Stephen Robb, ex-port player. It was around the time of Big Ben's mismanagement of the club. I don't remember much of the conversation, but I probably asked him if he was planning to stay on or whether or not the players had received their three months back pay. And this is Marco's contribution this week. I saw Leroy Lita in a Cisaket nightclub whilst I was watching the 2017 FA Cup final between Chelsea and Arsenal. I didn't speak to him but was reliably informed by the locals that he was a regular at Cisaket's premier night spot. I don't blame him. We'll have more of those next week. It's been great getting them all in. If anybody wants to send more in, you know where to send them. That's about it for this week. Thankfully my voice managed to hold out and thanks to everyone who's contributed and everyone who sends things in. We do appreciate it. Yeah, very much so. If you are going to go to T3 Games this weekend and the fixtures are on our Facebook page, please feel free to send us report we enjoy all of them that's great thanks have a good week yeah take care wherever you are everyone